Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. He bled and died to buy my pardon an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Church, as a congregation, can we say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. Because all fear is gone. All fear is gone. Because I know. Because I know. I know. I know who holds. He holds the future. Hallelujah. And life is worth the living just because he If you got your children or your grandchildren with you, let them hear you. Let them watch you sing this hymn. Because he lives. Because if we don't sing these hymns in front of these kids, we'll lose these songs. I can face. Oh, because, because All fear is gone All fear is gone Oh, fear is gone Because I know I know, I know He holds my future so I can smile today because my life is worth the living just because he lived. Oh, my life is worth the living just because he lives. He Oh, my life is worth the living just because he lives. Let's celebrate Jesus today, y'all. Celebrate his name. Celebrate his name. Celebrate his name. Celebrate his name.
Savior and His Word. Let's shout because we know He lives and we are certain His love has set us free. The enemy is defeated. Sickness is defeated, poverty is defeated, the enemy is defeated. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How this thing went down News spread so very fast People came from miles around In every town If this would be the day The Lord of glory Would be crucified in my place In your place In her place And the lamb slain before The foundation of the world Savior down off of that rugged cross They laid him in a tomb It seemed my hope was truly lost But the third day came around And it brought the rhythm of life
Stay standing. This morning, um, everybody knows it's Resurrection Sunday. Um, but I want you to think just for a second with a heart of gratefulness and not for cars, not for clothes, not for money. But if God never does another thing, the fact that He lives is enough for you to shout this morning, right? Just for five seconds, don't think about anything else. Just think about the fact that he lives, right? Yeah. He lives. Our call to worship this morning is very familiar. It's John 3.16. Y'all know it. If you don't know it, act like you do. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, right? He didn't have sons to pick from. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Chris, what does that mean? It means because he lives, I will forever live. Yeah. So I just need you to put a heart of gratefulness. Why? Because you are a for-lifer. What does that mean? That means you cannot die. So just for 10 seconds, let me talk to anybody. I don't know what you came up against this week. I don't know what tried to take you out. I don't know what tried to take you over. But the truth of the matter is it wasn't strong enough to kill you. Why? Because he lives. Yeah. Because he lives, I live, right? And so just think about that just for a second. Let's pray really quickly. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this day that we've never seen. We thank you for involving us in your plan and your purpose. Because the truth is, God, you could have did today without us. But because we're here, you saw fit to involve us in your day. You had purpose in us, God. You had assignment. And so, God, no matter what we had to come up against this week, we take this moment not for a fashion expo. We take this moment not just to be seen, God. We thank you this morning, and we come here with grateful hearts. Why? Because you live. And so, God, we thank you just for involving us. We thank you for the sacrifice you took on our behalf, God. We thank you for being crucified. Why? Because I messed up. So, God, if you never do another thing, we thank you this morning in the midst of our prayers for what you already did. We thank you for what you did on Calvary. We're grateful, God. We can never repay you. But, God, just for 10 seconds, we're going to try our best to, and we're going to give you some praise. God, we're we going to try our best, and we're going to give you some praise. We're grateful, God. Your people are 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 grateful, God. We're grateful, God. You're a good God. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know... 
behind Reverend Chris. Um, well, he took some of what I was going to say, but hallelujah. The song that we're about to sing, when, um, when Brother Craig sent me the song and said that I was going to lead it, well, first of all, I thought he meant direct it, but uh, okay, anyway. Uh, uh, a scripture came to me, um, Luke, the second chapter, 19th verse, where when the, when the shepherds told Mary that her son was a savior, and, and that the angels had, had, had an angel choir had been celebrating, she pondered those things in her mind. And I want you to ponder today these things in your mind. He walked the earth for 33 years loving, loving on, on everybody. And then he went on to the second part, that was the first part of his job. Second part of his job was to go to the cross and die to save us. But he not only saved us, he grabbed sin and took it to the grave and buried it so it could never touch us again. And then to prove that life was eternal, he rose and he lives today. So living, he loved us. Dying, he saved us. Buried, he tearing our sins far, far away. Rising, he justified and freed us forever. And when he come back, guess what? Glorious day. Come on, y'all.
Cause it raised me. I know it works. Cause it saved me. I know it works. Cause it filled me. I know it works. Cause it healed me. And it will never.
Come on, do it one more time. Light of the world. the building we sing here I am here I am to worship that's it here I am you're all together all together together say here I am too
Come on and take this time right now and think about it. Come on and take this time right now and think about it. Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, I'm thankful you didn't get off the cross for me. Because you live.
Calvary, my name is Bethany Harbison, and here are your morning announcements. On Friday, April 14th at 7 p.m., we will go in fellowship with Pleasant Green Baptist Church, located at 5301 Olive Road in Trotwood. We will be joining them as they celebrate the 34th pre-anniversary of Reverend Dr. Hintz Colts. Please come out and join in the celebration as Pastor Winston brings the word and our choir ministers in song. Come and join the Mount Calvary Women's Ministry Saturday, April 15th at 11 a.m. for Power Hour. This month's Power Hour is led by elect Lady Chanel, and we want to see you in the room. Sunday School is back. As of April 16th, Sunday School is back in session. 
Please join us from 9.15 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. for Sunday school classes for all ages. Understanding your health is one of the most important aspects of your life, and we would like to help you. Join us for this month's senior outreach event on April 18th at 10 a.m. in the Mount Calvary Atrium as a special guest speaker from Oak Street Health comes and talks to us. Don't forget the senior outreach event on Tuesday, April 18th at 10 a.m. in the Mount Calvary Atrium. A light lunch will be served. Vision Dance is back. Mount Calvary's Praise Dance Ministry is accepting new dancers ages 8 to 18. You do not have to be a member to join us for practice on Fridays at 6.30 p.m., so be ready to move. This concludes our morning announcements. Again, my name is Bethany Harbison. You all have a blessed one. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is wonderful. And if he's been good, just wave your hand. Standing here today, all that he's done. First Bible verse I ever learned, the first Easter speech I ever gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whosoever shall believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Tell me where that comes from. John. Hallelujah.
Staying right there. Staying right there. Nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. But he decided. He decided to die just to save me. He decided he would not stay there all night. For he decided, 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 he decided. Jesus, why don't you give him some kind of praise? Hallelujah. You all may be seated. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior he is. What a wonderful God, 
perfectly. It is perfectly reasonable. It is perfectly reasonable that those who have been saved because of the cross of Calvary would make space, would take time. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's comely, it's beautiful for the upright to praise Him. So we make no excuses for being grateful that He died and that He got up from the grave. Hallelujah to His name. Let me, let me welcome those of you who are here. God bless you for being in the sanctuary today. We're glad that you've chosen to come into the building. If there are those who don't consider themselves a part of the Mount Calvary Nation, but you're here, we'd love to see who you are. We would love to welcome you officially. If you're able, would you stand so that we can see you today? If you're visiting with us, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, Mount Calvary. We welcome you into Mount Calvary, this house of worship. So glad you came, exalt his name. Let's lift him up together. Thank God we're here from far and Revealing the glory of God's kingdom. Revealing the glory of God. Transforming God. And here's how we're doing it. Through love. With diversity. With excellence. Prayer and integrity. We welcome. also want to take time to welcome those who are worshiping with us online, those who are part of the e-congregation this morning. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us. We don't take that lightly. We're grateful for the technology that allows us to worship together literally all over the world at this moment. And we're grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to be together. God bless you all who are worshiping online. Let me just say a couple of uh, things and then we'll get into our lesson. We do have a card of thanks uh, from Brother Eddie and Sister Carolyn Dixon. Thank you uh, for the delicious box lunch that was delivered to us, uh, especially on a very rainy day. It was packaged perfectly with care and thank you to MCNBC Visitation Ministry 
for the beautiful cards. Thank you, Mount Calvary, for everything. Keep us in your prayers. That's from Brother and Sister Dixon. Also, Miss Anna Jones would like for us to know that she's doing much better. She is thankful for all of our prayers and all the assistance that she gets uh, from her godson, Brother Jerry Steele. Uh, she wants us to continue to keep her in our prayers. Don't forget that the Bereavement Ministry is sponsoring uh, a seminar, Life After Loss. That's going to be on April 15th at 12 o'clock. Um, Minister Tara, how long are, when's the last day to register? You can still register today. All right. Uh, do that today. There's a QR code that's on the flyers around the building. Uh, you can click on that, Q, you know, put your phone up to that QR code. It'll take you there um, to get registered for that life after loss. We begin our 40 days of consecration today. Amen. We are going to push back from the table. Um, we are going to tell our flesh, you don't run nothing. Our bellies are not our God. We don't fast to make God hear us. But we are fasting to line ourselves up with what he is doing. Um, the, the fast that, uh, that we're doing this year as a body is that we are not eating anything as long as the sun is up, from sun up to sundown. Uh, there, I told you last week, and I will say again, I appreciate um, one of the members text me this week, and uh, she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, listen, you can't do that, but check with your pastor. There's something else you can do, I'm sure. She's going to modify her fast. There are those, uh, somebody today told me that uh, with, with a condition they have, they cannot eat after 7 o'clock. Got it. Um, there are ways to modify it, right? Um, there is something that you can give up, right, to quiet your flesh. There is something that all of us can give up to quiet our flesh. I will say it again. Biblical fasting always involves food, okay? Um, so we are not fasting from, I mean, you can add fasting from TV or fasting from internet or whatever. You can add that if you want to, but it's not biblical unless it involves food. Oh, I'm, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just telling you what's in there. All right. Um, also, I, I say it every year, we don't fast from sin. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving that up while we're on the fast. No, you're giving that up because you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? Okay. We don't need to fast from what we should stay away from anyway. Okay? All right. Uh, that is today through May 19th. When you leave today, there is a consecration prayer journal that the ushers have for you. You can pick one up on your way out of the door. Uh, and it just has scriptures for each day, uh, each of the 40 days. It has scriptures in there and a place where you can jot down some of your thoughts and prayers uh, in this prayer journal. You can grab one on your way out. And then uh, beginning, let's see, we, oh, it's 1130 already. We're going to be here at 12 noon today, but at 6 o'clock today, uh, we will start prayer hours at, uh, they will be at 6 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. 
6, 12, and 6. Uh, if you want to jump on Facebook on the, uh, on the Mount Calvary page, there will be someone there uh, leading in prayer all three of those times every day for the next 40 days. Uh, if you're not at a place where you can jump online, it's fine. You don't have to. Find yourself a secret closet. Whatever you're doing, stop at 6, 12, and 6, and we will pray together. Miss Kim, you may have to tell me how to pronounce this one more time. Daniquia? Daniqua. Daniqua Myri. Are you here today? All right. Brother Robert White, just wave your hand, sir. He's back on the camera uh, in the booth. Let's see, I've got a couple of things. This is, this is for track, 300-meter intermediate hurdles. Uh, Brother Robert took seventh place for boys. And this is the 4 by 400 He took third place. Nicely done, sir. Where's your family, Robert? Good. Zainel, is Zainel here? Good. Zainel and Elijah Wortham. Where's, uh, where's Elijah? He's out of town? All right. These two young men are going to be representing Mount Calvary tomorrow, uh, no, Saturday at, uh, at First Thessalonian Baptist Church on Oberlin Street at 1 o'clock. They're going to be representing Mount Calvary for our district-wide oratorical contest. They won the speech contest here. Let's keep them in our prayers. Good. Uh, would you also keep in your prayers Deacon John Taylor? He is in the Miami Valley Hospital. Pray for him, would you? Let me see. Sydney Moncrief. Did I see you? Hello, Miss Sydney. Stand, please. Let us see who you are. Uh, she is in the eighth grade at Northmont High School, and I've got her third quarter grades. Social studies, A. Language arts, A. Symphonic orchestra, A. Physical science, A. Algebra, A. Skill trades, A. Nicely done, ma'am. And I'm asking for Brother Craig. He wants to know what instrument you play. Violin. That's good. Awesome. <laughs> Christian Moncrief, would you stand, sir? He is in the 11th grade at the Northmont High School, and I have his third quarter grades. Functional Athletics, A. AP Language uh, Comp, A. Calculus, A. AP Chemistry, A. American government, A, Spanish, A, nicely done. Nicely done, sir. Uh, where's your family, Moncrief children? <laughs> Congrats. Good. Uh, Miss Kim, you can make your way this way. For all of the children aged 5 to 11, 
Uh, we do have something special for you today right after service. Uh, parent, you can uh, take your child back to the atrium after, as soon as we dismiss. And, uh, and Dr. Cookie and her team, uh, actually, well, Dr. Cookie's on a cruise right now, but uh, Dr. Cookie's team will be back there waiting for you. And they have prepared something really special for you all today in honor of resurrection for children aged 5 to 11. Just a reminder that the deacons on duty this month are Deacon Kuntz. Wave your hand or stand, Deacon Kuntz. And uh, is Deacon Stevens here? Okay. Uh, Deacon Kuntz and Deacon Larry Stevens. That number is 937-422-9849. Miss uh, Kim has something for us, and then we will get into our study for today. Good morning, Mount Calvary. Hallelujah, he is risen, right? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. My name is Kim Williams, and I am here on behalf of the Greater Dayton Realtors Association, and uh, I am the president of this organization um, this year and for next year, so they um, loop me in two years. Um, And then Ms. Cora Diggs, she is our immediate past president. Stand up, Ms. Cora. And Mr. Fred Diggs, we call him the legendary Mr. Fred Diggs. He is also a past president of the Greater Dayton Realtist Association. We are the local board of NARAB, the um, National Association of Real Estate Brokers. And NARAB was is the oldest African-American trade association that was created in 1947 for real estate brokers, for black real estate brokers, because at the time there was discrimination going on, right? So we could not be members of the National Association of Realtors. So we have survived all of these years, 75 going on 76 years. Praise God. Amen. So we are um, continuing the fight for democracy in housing. And what we do at the Greater Dayton Realtors, also called GDRA, we uh, advocate for the underserved through education, leadership, and I forget the last one, (laughs) service, service, that's what it is. So we host um, Realtors Week every year in April across the nation. So other local boards are also having Realtors Week and we um, have educational um, classes and meetings just to help share information about how we can increase the black home ownership rate. How, how many know what the rate is now for homeowners in the African American community? How, how much? It's, it's low. It's about 30% lower than our other counterparts. So we hover right around 40, 43%. And we know that through real estate, owning real estate, that is one of the best ways to increase wealth in our community. And that's what we want to do. We want to increase the black home ownership rate. We want to help you to leave something for your children and your children's children, right? Like the Bible tells us to leave something for those coming behind us. 
and real estate is a great way to do that. I know that it goes up and down, y'all, but it always comes back. So this week through um, Saturday, we have some events. On Tuesday, we are talking with Mayor Mims. We have a breakfast um, starting at 9 or 9.30 at the Dayton Library about the money that is poured into our community and how it's going to be spent in housing throughout the, the um, Dayton, city of Dayton. We also have uh, Cato Mayberry on Saturday. He's going to talk to us about um, building wealth through your businesses. And we also have a fair housing event on um, Thursday. So there are other events that we would invite you to come and be a part of, learn more about the Greater Dayton Realtors Association, get the information, share the information, and use it. Y'all, come on, let's bring ourselves up, okay? That's what we're here for. You can call me at 937-286-0410. That's 286-0410 for more information. But I do have flyers out at the resource desk in the lobby, okay? Thank you very much, and have a blessed day. Great. Thank you, Ms. Kim. Let's build generational wealth. That's going to be my next career. I'm going to be a realtor. So y'all can decide who's going to mentor me and all that kind of stuff. All right. <laughs> right, the legendary Fred Diggs. All right. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's where we're headed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Miss Coble, you had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 15. screen back there is not 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, neither is that. At verse 14. 1 Corinthians 15 at verse 14. And here's what it says. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. That's enough of it. You can have a seat right there. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. We have come to Resurrection Sunday 2023 the day in the Christian calendar which is set aside in particular to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Although if you attend the Mount Calvary Church, you already know that there is not a Sunday that goes by. There is not one Sunday that goes by that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord 
is not mentioned and celebrated. Because it is the central tenet of our faith, we have confessed our hope in Christ. And when we confessed, we confessed with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And that's how we're saved. That's what the Bible says. And I've got to tell you, I was confronted this week by a moment of self-reflection Many of you know, and some of you were there when I preached on Friday twice, once uh, for the City of Dayton Baptist Pastors and Ministers Union in the afternoon, and then we were guests over at Mount Enon Church on Friday evening. And I must admit that as a preacher of the gospel, in those types of settings, among my preaching peers, when you have to preach in front of a lot of preachers, you just never know how you'll be received. You just, uh, sometimes we preachers can be really critical of other preachers and preaching in front of preachers, especially when there are legends in the midst. I mean, who wants to preach when Lloyd David Hayes is sitting in the room, you know? or Stephen Thurston from Chicago, or Bishop Maurice Jackson. I'm just being transparent a little bit. It makes you nervous. And deep down, I know it. Deep down, I, and trust me, I'm really only preaching for God's approval. I want to be a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. But after I preached on Friday, um, both times I got some feedback from some of the preacher pastors that I just didn't know how to take. After I got done preaching on Friday afternoon, I heard some preachers talking about my sermon, about my preaching, and they said it was classic. They used the word classic to describe my preaching. Then after the service on Friday night, I went to hang out, I went to chill with some of the pastors who were there that night, and not only did the word classic come up again, and not from the same preachers, but a new word was introduced. They said my preaching was vintage. Cla classic and vintage. And I got to tell you, I didn't know how to take that. Took me a while to process it. Because I must admit, I would love to be cutting edge. I would love to be considered innovative and revolutionary and radical in my preaching. I wouldn't mind being thought of as a preaching trailblazer, breaking new ground, new and original. But instead, I preach and the feedback I hear are words like classic and vintage. And I just didn't know how to take that. But the more I reflected on it, the more I thought about it looking towards today, I mean, it's Resurrection Sunday, so I knew what I would preach. But I came to the conclusion that I'm just going to be classic and vintage to tell the same old story. 
So if you'll allow me, that's what I'm going to preach today. The same old story. That's all I got. I don't have a special resurrection revelation. I don't have anything new. I got nothing cutting edge. No flashing lights on purpose. No clever props on purpose. No costumes. No guest superstar gospel singer appearances. All I've got is the gospel. Because the gospel has not changed. And my brothers and sisters, it is still the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God that leads to salvation. And I know, Chris, I understand. I know I may sound a bit old school, classic, or vintage, but I don't care what else we preach. If our preaching is not rooted in the gospel message, it will not stand the test of time. I don't mean any harm to my brothers and sisters who preach the gospel, but if the prosperity message does not find its way back to the gospel, then there is no prosperity to be had. I don't mean no harm, but if the social justice message is not built on the foundation of the gospel, it will only lead to frustrated people and unrealized dreams. If the economic empowerment message does not rest in the truth of the gospel, it will not stand. Nothing that the church does, nothing that the church says preempts the gospel. Nothing is more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing takes precedence over the gospel. Nothing substitutes for the gospel. There is no better news than for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life nothing is more important than the fact that Jesus lived Jesus died that Jesus was buried and that Jesus got up from the grave you do recognize that the resurrection is what separates Jesus from everybody else right? because he wasn't the only one he wasn't even the first one to be crucified he wasn't the first one to be buried. He wasn't even the first one to come back from the grave. There were other people who got up from the grave before Jesus, even in the Bible. But those were really, as Dr. A. Lewis Patterson used to say, they were not resurrections, they were resuscitations. Because there's a difference between resurrection and resuscitation. The son, of Nain, the son from Nain, uh, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, those were all resuscitations because they were temporary. They all died again. Check their graves. They're still there. There are others even who are worshipped as deities, who are worshipped as gods. But if you check their graves, they're still there too. Buddha, right? he claimed to be born of a virgin too. He was called the enlightened one because he discovered a heightened state of awareness that he called nirvana. He lived to be 80 years old, but then he died. He was cremated in India. And if you go over there today, you can still find his remains. Y'all have heard of Muhammad. Well, he's buried in Medina or Medina in the Middle East. Go over there. Look for the big green dome. That's where his body still is. Baha'u'llah died in 1892. 
Check his grave. He's still there. Haile Selassie. Died in 1975. Check it. He's still there. The founder of the Mormons, the Latter-day Saints, Joseph Smith, he's buried over in Illinois. Helen uh, Blavatsky, who, is, who started the New Age movement, she's cremated. Her ashes are a little of everywhere, most of them in India. Jim Jones, he was cremated. He's scattered in the ocean. Uh, David Koresh down in Waco. Y'all remember uh, Doc, Doc, President Trump was just down there. He, he died in 1993. He's still in the grave. Sun Young Moon died in 2012. He's still in the grave. But there is one, the Son of the Living God, Jesus, that's his name. He died once for all. He died and he was buried and raised from the grave and, grave and yet he still lives. An empty grave is there to prove that my Savior lives. As a matter of fact, this is what separates our claims from those of other religions because you do realize that he's not the only one who claimed to be Messiah. Jesus is not the only one that people worship. He's not the only one who claims special relationship with God. All those guys I just mentioned have some things in common with Jesus. All of them lived and all of them lived pretty good lives. But Jesus didn't just live a pretty good life. He lived a sinless life knew no sin, committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. All of these people died just like Jesus. Some of them even died at the hands of their enemies just like Jesus. But here's the difference. Jesus said, nobody is taking my life. I'm going to give it up. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. None of their deaths could take our place. When they died, they died for themselves. When Jesus died, he died for you and me. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All those people died. There's just something different about Jesus' death. Let me, let me just remind you of what you already know. There is something different about the fact that he was led from judgment hall to judgment hall. When he stood before Pilate, Pilate had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and pushed it down on his head, put a purple robe on him and made fun of him saying, this is the king of the Jews. And all the while, they smacked him around. Pilate really couldn't find any fault in him. He tried to tell the Jews, but they wanted him crucified. And Pilate asked him, where did you come from? And Jesus didn't say anything. Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power to kill you? Jesus said nothing. Don't you know that I can crucify you? And Jesus said, don't you know that the only power you have, my dad is the one who gave it to you? Pilate gave him to the soldiers to crucify him. Matthew says they spat on him. They took a staff and they beat his head. But why? Why would they take a man who was so good and treat him so badly? He wasn't trying to overthrow the government. 
All he was guilty of was trying to preach the good news of the kingdom. He was only guilty of opening blinded eyes and unstopping deaf ears and casting out demons and raising dead folks. But if you really want to know why they did it, you have to ask the prophet Isaiah, who by divine inspiration prophesied all those years before Jesus even got here, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed that's why they led him up Calvary's hill carrying his own cross but because his body was so weak and the weight of the cross was so great thank God for that black man from Cyrene a man named Simon who helped Jesus to carry the cross. And when they got to Golgotha, the place of the skull, they offered him a mild painkiller, a mixture of wine and myrrh. But when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it because he took all of the pain that we deserve. They took his hands and they nailed his hands to the cross. They bound his feet and nailed his feet to the cross. And thank God they lifted that cross. Because he had already told them, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto myself. I'm almost done. I'm just telling the story. They crucified him along with two criminals, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. They divided up his clothes. They threw dice for him. People stood there staring at Jesus. The ringleaders, they taunted him. They said he saved himself. They, say, they said he saved others. Now let him save himself, this Messiah, this chosen one. The soldiers came up and poked fun at him, made a game of it. They toasted him with sour wine. So you're the king of the Jews? Save yourself. They made a sign and put it over his head. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. One of the criminals that was at his side said, You really are some Messiah. Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal said, Shut up. This is Winston translation. Don't you fear God? You're getting the same as he is. We're about to die too. The difference is we deserve it. But he's done nothing to deserve this. And Jesus said to that man that day, after the man said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. Jesus said, it's all good. Don't worry. Today, you're going to be with me 
in paradise. People passed along. Look, go with me, please. People passed along the road. They jeered. They shook their heads. You bragged that you could tear the temple down and then rebuild it in three days. Show your stuff, Jesus. Save yourself. The high priest and the religious leaders, they were right there with them making fun of him. If you're really God's son, then come on down from the cross. But the good news is he would not come down from the cross just to save himself. He decided to die just to save you and me. About 12 o'clock noon, the whole earth becomes dark. The sun that he had created out of a sense of protest, as it were, refused to shine at the death of his creator. He hung on the cross bearing in his body all our sin. That was bad. But the worst part of it, the worst suffering, was that Jesus, who had never known separation from his father, now feels the wrath of God as the Father turned his back on him. Turned his back on our sin that was on him. Turned his back on all our filthiness and Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some bystanders who heard him said he's calling for Elijah. They ran and got him uh, some, some, uh, a sponge soaked in sour wine and lifted it up on a stick so he could drink. The others joked, don't be in such a hurry. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Jesus, after everything he had been through, finds the strength somehow to cry out one more time, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit and the Bible says he breathed his last at that moment the temple curtain was ripped into top to bottom there was an earthquake the rocks were split into pieces and even there were some tombs of some people that had been buried and those tombs opened up and some bodies of believers that had slept in their graves they were raised and start walking around the captain of the guard and those with him when they saw the earthquake they saw everything going on they got scared they said surely this must be the son of God. Late in the afternoon, a wealthy man from Arimathea named Joseph, a disciple of Jesus, he went to Pilate, asked for Jesus' body. Pilate said, take him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linen, put it, on, put it in his own new tomb. They rolled a big stone across the entrance. He went off. Mary, and, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they stayed. They were sitting in plain view of the tomb. I told you Jesus and these other guys who claimed to be Messiah had some things in common. They all lived, they all died, and they were all buried. They buried Jesus. 
And after sundown, the high priests and Pharisees arranged a meeting with Pilate. They said, sir, we just remembered that that liar Jesus said while he was alive, he said, after three days, I'm going to get up again. They said, Pilate, we got to get to the tomb and seal it so his disciples can't come and steal the body from the tomb. Pilate said, okay, I'll give you a guard. Go ahead, secure it as best you can. So they went out, they secured the tomb, sealing the stone and posting guards. But what the guards didn't know I'm almost done. I'm just telling the story. It's a B-flat kind of day. What the guards didn't know, what they couldn't see, was what First Peter tells us. While the body was resting in sleep, his spirit went down and banged on hell's iron gates. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory will come in. Walked in and snatched the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Preached to the spirits that were in prison. Preached a three-day revival and said, it's almost Sunday. I got to go. I got to leave you. And as he was leaving, can't you see the demons grabbing at him? The imps were trying to hold him in the grave. But the Bible says in, in uh, Colossians chapter 2 that he disarmed the powers and authority. He spoiled the principalities and made a show of them openly. And the Bible says early on the first day of the week, on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the sepulcher. They came to the tomb. They had work to do. They were going to anoint his body and suddenly the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing and rolled back the stone and then sat on it. The Bible says his face was like lightning. His garments were like snow. The guards at the tomb were scared to death they were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel said, I know you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. We know he was crucified, but he's risen just as he said. And saints of God, that's the only story I got to tell you. That's what we've come to celebrate today. I know Jesus is not the only one who claimed to be God's son. He's not the only one who said he was the Messiah. And they all had some things in common. They all lived. They all died. They were all buried. But in the words of my late Aunt Retha and Uncle Charles, Ray Charles, that is, ain't but the one. Would you shout it out of your own mouth? Ain't but the one, Lord. Let me close. Ain't but the one who got up from the grave. Ain't but the one who rose that third day morning. Nobody but Jesus could conquer death. Nobody but Jesus could take the sting out of death. Nobody but Jesus could rob the grave of its victory. All the so-called messiahs, you can go visit their tombs and you will find either their bodies or their ashes but our Lord and Savior 
Jesus the Christ if you're looking for his tomb an empty grave is the only thing that you're going to find I serve a risen savior he's in the world today and I know that he is living whatever men may say I see his hand of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer and just the time that I need him he's always near I've come to tell you he lives he lives Christ Jesus he lives today oh he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way he lives he lives salvation to impart you ask me how I know he lives he lives within my heart that's the good news that's the same old story that's the only thing I got but that's the only thing I need it is the same old story Jesus lived Jesus died Jesus rose and he's coming back again I have to tell you today it's the same old story that saved my soul it's the same old story that made me whole it's the same old story that changed my life it's the same old story that picked me up the same old story that turned my life around the same old story that saved me the same old story that raised me the same old story that rescued me the same old story that delivered me the same old story that liberated me the same old story that keeps me from day to day Jesus lived Jesus died Jesus rose from the grave and he's coming back again it's the same old story I wish that you would get your Baptist preacher on and tell somebody it's the same old story that's all I got but that's all I need he lives he lives he lives and because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know who holds the future life is worth the living just because he lives I can make it because he lives I can take it because he lives I've got victory because he lives 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 I ain't got no reason 
to try to be cute today. I don't have to rhyme today. I don't have to impress you today. What I have is exactly what you need. You need to know that he lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. Nothing new. Nothing new. He lives. Nothing new. He lives. He lives. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he got up from the grave. Because he got up, I'll get up. Because he got up, I'll get up. Because he got up, I'll never die. Because he got up, I'll live with him forever. That's good news. That's good news. Is anybody grateful that one of these days I'll get to see him because he lives face to face? Is anybody grateful that you get to spend forever with the master? Is anybody, I, listen, I got a father over there. I got two brothers over there. And one day, one day, one day, one day, One of these mornings, and it won't be long, you're going to look for me, but I'll be gone. I'm going up to glory. I'm going to sing and shout, and ain't nobody there going to be able to put me out. I'm grateful for the resurrection. Listen, it ain't about clothes. It ain't about bunnies. It ain't about chocolate. It ain't about jelly beans. It ain't about nothing but Jesus. He died. He died. He died. But he rose. And I'm gonna be ready.
sometimes I wonder why when the instruments go off and why when the mics don't work it gets quiet. It's just astounding to me that pastor can sit up here and scream and he can shout. And if he was to yell about houses, cars, or money, y'all would have did a victory lap. But somebody got news this morning that your Jesus ain't dead no more. And he lives and y'all quiet. Cars, they cost about $50,000. Houses, about $200,000. But I just don't think y'all know what it costs for Jesus to get on that cross that day. I don't think y'all really understand the fact that y'all, this choir sang it, he decided to do it, right? Now, I'm not going to get in your business. I'm not going to ask anybody no questions. We're not going to take no poll. But I know how many times I've messed up. And I know how many times I'll fall short. And if he decided for my sins, right, to die for my sins, right, then I know mine was a lot. I'm not going to count yours. I'm not going to count yours, Papa Burks. I know it was a lot. Just for 10 seconds, can you just give God some type of praise that he died? You give God some type of praise that he died. That's a decent praise. Now watch this. I want you to get louder at the fact that he still lives. Yeah. For every bottle you drink, for every body you caught, for the mistakes you made, he died for that. Help me out just real quick. We're going to get out of here. I know y'all ready to get to y'all Easter dinner. Look to the person to your left or on your right and say, I don't have time to tell you my story this Sunday. I, I don't want to share it all with you because if you knew, you would probably want to move seats. But just tell them it was worth dying for. Yeah, there you go. It was worth dying for. Yeah. drink it was worth dying for. That sin I committed it was worth dying for. I'm sorry y'all look good I promise but I'm gonna tell you no matter what hat you got on what suit you got on you ain't perfect and he knew that when he died for you. So y'all look good y'all don't have to shout y'all don't have to make no type of noise but for us right me and Uncle Soup the people who know that we mess up, we gonna say something. <laughs> the rest of y'all can be quiet.
sorry to keep cutting y'all off, I promise. But if they really grateful, you don't have to make no type of noise. They gonna make it for themselves. I'm sorry, I promise, Isaiah. I wanna hear you. But if they really grateful, they'll make it for themselves. They shouldn't have to be pumped and primed. He just told them that he lives. Y'all sitting there talking about it don't take all that. No, it don't take all that. Listen, deacons, y'all go ahead and come. The good news has already been shared. If you didn't hear it any other Sunday, you heard it this Sunday. The truth of the matter is that God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Y'all wonder why we sit here and we get all emotional when pastor says he lives. The fact of the matter is because he lives, we live. Heard an old man on BET one night when I fell asleep, left the TV on. He said, Christians, we don't die, we multiply. It's impossible for us to die. It's impossible. We have everlasting life because of the decision that God made on Calvary. It's promised to us. So we don't say goodbye. We just take off this earth suit, like Pastor says, and we step over to the other side. Sometimes I wake up, I can't wait to get out this earth suit. But the truth of the matter is, you wonder why it takes all that. We made a decision years ago to follow Jesus. I tell anybody all the time, because you choose Jesus doesn't mean that you'll have a perfect life full of rainbows and unicorns. That's a lie. But the truth of the matter is, you don't have to go through life alone. Friends may give up on you, family may cut out on you, but the Lord will remain with you forever. And so if you need you a forever partner, forever father, we want you to make that decision today. Maybe you're watching online and you want to make that decision. Go ahead and put something in the text box. Shoot us a message and somebody will get to you. And if that's you in the sanctuary, Miss Kim, what we doing? They lift their hands, they coming forward. Lift your hands if you want to make that decision. There's no room for you up front. Gotcha. After dismissal, if you want to make that decision, meet Miss Kim to the door to my left, your right, and we'll have somebody talk to you about that decision. The second call is this. Maybe you already know where you're going to spend eternity at, but you need to be with a group of believers on a regular basis to help ignite your faith. Listen, I tell anybody, if you ever want to see if there's a God, right, don't ask them to multiply your bank account. Don't ask them to bless you with something. If you want to see if there's a God, come to Mount Calvary. It's full of testimonies in here. People that doctors told wasn't going to see the next week are still sitting here today. I'm not trying to expose nobody. But they gave people time to live, and they still sitting here. They wasn't supposed to see last Easter, but they still seeing this one. And if you're here today and you want to join Mount Calvary, I ask that you make that decision today. I tell anybody, a puzzle is impossible to solve if you got a missing piece. And we need you at Mount Calvary just as badly as you need us. I told you, we ain't a perfect church because we wear jeans. My grandma probably called me yesterday to make sure that I put on a suit today. You've been dressing up for Easter since you was born. Yes, ma'am. I'm not going to wear the holy jeans this week. 
but, but we're not different. We're not perfect because we wear jeans. The truth of the matter is we all got one thing in common, no matter if you wear a suit or jeans, and that's that we love God. And so if you want to be a part of the Mount Calvary Church and you're watching online, shoot us a message. If that's you here in the sanctuary, meet Miss Kim to the door after service, and we'll be happy to get you plugged in, all right? I'll tell anybody, if you're going to join Mount Calvary, don't come just to watch. Come and do some work. It's work that needs to be done, right? And if that's you, we need you, all right? We'll let the church say amen. Deacons, y'all can be seated. Before we go, we don't want to stop our worship here. We want to continue our worship and giving. There are many ways to give here at the Mount Calvary Church. You can give by text to give. The number is 855-908-0710. Or you can give by cash app. That's dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. Or you can give by the Givelify app. That's just tap, you give, and you're done. We ask that you continually give um, to the bereavement, right? Those are, that's how we, I mean, not bereavement, I'm sorry, benevolence. That is how we help those in need, right? So we ask that you continue to give to that and also to the building fund, right? We, we have to do church outside of these four walls, right? So we're working on our community center and the many avenues that will help to be a part of this community. And so we ask that you give to that. If there's nothing else, is pastor still in the back? Well, listen, when you get done in service, uh, we want y'all to leave, but pastor is going to come to the back with elect lady C, um, and he wants to speak to those headed out. Um, just at least touch your hand and say something to you. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, the ushers have prayer journals in the rear um, for our 40 days of consecration and prayer. And so we ask that you grab that on the way out. If there's nothing else, can we stand and let's get out of here? I would say go enjoy your Easter dinner. Um, but because we're fasting. Oh, and also, children, don't forget ages 5 to 11. There's something for you in the back. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together. Amen.